Hello and welcome back to the Happy Smiling People podcast and Merry Christmas. In today's episode, I speak to Tony McCann, Adidas athlete, trail runner, UTMB's OCC 2023 winner. Tony is a professional trail runner from Cape Town and now lives in the French Alps. She won the prestigious Chamonix trail race, UTMB's 50km OCC this year and talked to me through how it went, how she deals with injury as a trail runner, her non-negotiable travel essentials, whether professional trail runners actually run too much, how Adidas are developing their trail running range and so much more. Enjoy the episode and do make sure you are subscribed to the show. There are so many amazing guests coming up in the new year and you really don't want to miss it. So enjoy this episode and I'll see you in 2024. Tony, hi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very, very excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you. So my first question for you, going right into it, what do you love about running? Gosh, um, <laughs> went straight to the nitty gritty. Yeah. <laughs> I guess running, running started for me as a way to kind of find some peace. Um, I, I, I found it kind of later in life. I grew up playing all sorts of sports and uh, I ran cross country as a kid, but kind of hated it a lot. Um, and I guess I only found running later in life. I was, I was studying, um, I was studying nutrition and dietetics as my, my honors degree in, at the University of Cape Town. And, um, yeah, I was just going through a period of really high stress and needed an outlet. Um, so running was the easiest way for me to do that, I guess. And it, uh, I, I lived in, I lived in Cape Town at the time and, um, Cape Town is, is beautiful. We've got a really beautiful mountain on our back doorstep. So I was lucky enough to have access to the trails. Yeah, I guess it started as a way for me to de-stress. And I quickly realized that I absolutely fell in love with it. And especially trail running, I think running in natural spaces is really calming. Um, also, when the trails are as technical as Cape Town, if anyone's ever run there, they'll know that the trails are really brutal. Um, so I think that, that like hyper focus on what you're doing and like how your body's moving and like really checking in with yourself and feeling what's going on. Um, I think that was really good for me at that stage in my life. And, uh, yeah, I guess being the naturally competitive person that I am, I, I really enjoyed then the competing side of things when I eventually started doing that. So, you know, running is it's obviously a, a form of exercise and it's supposedly healthy for you. Um, how much running we do is, I don't know, questionable at how healthy it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think just mentally speaking, um, it's, it's a really beautiful way to connect with yourself, give yourself some space, connect with nature. I think spending time outside is always so good for everyone, anyone. Um, so yeah and I find it quite interesting that you mentioned just there like the amount of running you do like is that is that actually that healthy because a lot of the conversations that I've had with people on here are focused around wellness so like sleep rest exercise diet and then I was thinking like how does the wellness aspect apply to a professional athlete a professional runner like yourself when you still have to train even if you're feeling a bit tired or you have a race next week or where does that all fit into your mindset and your approach to taking care of your body and the longevity of it yeah I think um 
it's very easy to to do too much and i think the the nature of our sport is trail running is unfortunately and i think there's there's room for this narrative within the sport to change but for trail runners further is seen as better which means that the training volume obviously has to be more um and i think that it's not always the healthiest the healthiest lifestyle um we don't really know how much this training is going to impact us in the long run uh, trail running is a very new sport so and no one's really pushed the boundaries like they are currently um but i mean if you look at health recommendations they say i think it's like 150 minutes a week which is really if you think about it not that much um you know 30 minutes max a couple times a week um and when we look at trail runners they're doing like minimum two hours daily so yeah i think longevity in the sport it requires a lot more than just running it requires a lot of strength work a lot of dedication and focus on recovery um, which means enough sleep eating really well um, trying to reduce stresses outside of you know running because running is stressful it, it raises all of the stress hormones in your body so you want to try and limit other stresses in your life to kind of make that overall stress balance still okay but yeah i think uh longevity in the sport is is tricky and like you say day in and day out as a professional athlete you have to get out of bed and go okay today i'm gonna run and mm -hmm. or today i'm gonna do something that maybe i don't want to do um which you know it happens in every job so it's it's kind of just part of part of the the lifestyle part of the profession but yeah i guess it's being able to tune into your body and know when, you know, actually today I, I need to rest and today is a rest day and that is my training versus going, okay, I'm tired, but I can still do this. That will benefit me, but not hurt me. Um, but I think that comes with experience in the sport and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm far from perfect when it comes to, to making those decisions, but uh, we try and I guess uh, I'm lucky in having a really good support system to guide me along the way as well exactly and as you say it is a profession not everybody wakes up and goes yes I get to work today and it happens to be that your job is running so of course it's going to feel the same and I'm interested in what you were saying about the lowering the stress out with running in your life how does that look what things do you put in place to ensure that the stress level out with your sport is quite minimal yeah um i'm very lucky that my lifestyle here is you know we we don't live in a big city so there's actually very little distraction around here um which makes it easy to not you know have the late nights or to go out and be tempted to you know have that second glass of wine or you know my my work outside of trail running is also you know it's it's definitely not as stressful as it could be but I think it's important to have really good support. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I do have a very good support system. Um, my partner here is incredible. I've got an amazing coach. I've got a lot of people around me who I can rely on to help um, manage those stresses and to help give perspective. Um, because I think as a trail runner, as a professional athlete, we're naturally driven people. So the tendency is to always do more. And I think more is not always more <laughs> and uh it's a hard lesson to learn i definitely learned that i think earlier this year when uh, 
I was just doing too much and ended up injured. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's having really good people around you, trying to limit. I don't want to say limit distractions, but try and limit um, external pressure to be in a million places at once. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's a hard question to answer, honestly, because I don't think I've nailed it. <laughs> but we try. <laughs> no, it is a hard one to answer, which is why it's interesting to ask the question. <laughs> I was just wondering what your average training week would look like. I'm sure it'll change throughout the year, but on average, what is it? Yeah, so average training is um, I pretty much train daily. Um, and my distance that I train for is, is around the 50-kilometer mark. Um, so it's kind of called the sub-ultra category. Um, so marathon distance, so 42.2 kilometers and maxing out probably around 60Ks. So my training for that is... Um, Probably, uh, yeah, I train daily and it'll be a mix of pure running, um, lots of aerobic endurance, so easy kilometers um, from 90 minutes upwards every day. And then on some days I'll do longer runs, so that can be three hours to five hours. And then, yeah, sprinkled in with a couple of really hard sessions, often hill work or some speed work on the flat, um, flat roads. Uh, and then, yeah, lots of strength work, lots of mobility. I recently discovered the benefits as much as I didn't want to. Um, but when you're injured, you have to get creative with training. So I found uh, indoor training on a bicycle really, really helpful for me this year. Um, it got me through some really low periods, but uh, I've really actually enjoyed it. And I will be keeping that in my rotation. So just reducing the impact of running on the body, because I think, again, just speaking to longevity in the sport, um, there's only so much pounding your body can take before it breaks. So wherever you can, reducing that or just strengthening your body to, to uh, yeah, make it stronger. And cycling for me is a really great way to still get aerobic volume or good threshold work um, without the like heavy impact. Yeah, for sure. Because there's so much impact in running. I guess there, you do really have to be aware of that. You can't just be out running 30 hours a week but you do need to get your training in. So avoiding injury and then also dealing with injury when you have it must be really difficult mentally because you're still wanting, wanting to go. You're probably still super fit, but you can't go running if you're injured. Absolutely. Oh, running is like the best thing ever. You ask the, the first question you ask me is like what I love about it. Is, and I think the essence of it is that it's actually just such a simple, almost childlike action um it's like the joy of going to run and like especially in the, the mountains like it's just so playful and can be so playful so when you're injured and you're stuck inside on an indoor trainer it's it's really tough and uh I think that was one of the things that I learned one of the biggest lessons that I learned this year from being injured and having to spend all that time on the trainer is just like that mental fortitude <laughs> and like ability to just sit in really uncomfortable places and positions and just like feel gross but like to deal with it and I mean it sounds silly but it, it's it's really translatable to so many things in life like not everything that's good for you is going to be comfortable um, but you can learn a lot of good lessons from it and actually can be really helpful obviously to a point but like a little bit of discomfort isn't a bad thing um, so yeah yeah that's really interesting actually that you're kind of talking about like the mental resilience and toughness that you built up on the indoor trainer when 
you literally race for hours flat out running like in the depths of pain with lactic acid yet you're like yeah being on the indoor trainer actually helped me build up mental resilience when I imagine you already have heaps of it uh I mean you can always have more and you know for me being a a sub ultra athlete um you know like you say it's it's five hours five to six hours of discomfort and then it's over um trail runners can go anywhere between you know 14 hours for 100 kilometers and upwards so it's uh there's always more mental resilience that you can develop for sure um but yeah i think just being being able to do something that you think is hard and um to finish that and to to be proud of the work that you did that was i think one of the things that got me through that period is like being proud of managing to get another session done even though I really really didn't want to do it exactly getting through it one step at a time and there's a reason they call it building blocks isn't it and then suddenly you've built like a wall of training even though you just are focusing on whether it's that next minute interval or whatever it may be then you look back and you're like wow okay I did it yeah and you do kind of go through it with that which is a huge part of the mental resilience it's patience Mm, absolutely like you don't develop nothing good is made overnight and uh i think that's the beauty of of sport is that you have to put and and any trip like you know anything that you do actually um you know the results don't come overnight for me to be at the place that i am currently is is not this year of training it's not the last month of training it's not the past two years of training it's it's my entire life and all the experiences that i've gained over that period and yes periods of training are better than others but all of it counts all of it adds up and all of it creates experience to to grow and and develop and uh i i know it within the sporting realm but that can be you can put that into any context and it stands true exactly and as you say like some things in life just take suffering don't they and it doesn't mean it's bad but you do just have to put the work (laughs) absolutely suffering sounds like such a hard word but it's not always bad (laughs) like too fun perhaps i want to know about your amazing race that you did this year in chamonix the occ race you won talk me through the day the start did you just wake up feeling amazing i want to know the blow by blow what happened oh wow um yeah it was an incredible day OCC um is is well UTMB as an event was and is still a dream um it was the first kind of big race that I had ever heard of when I started trail running so to ever get to the race was just a dream um and obviously being an athlete you your dream is to win the things that you look up to so um yeah OCC was was a dream race and I know this was my my third time doing it so I've had a bit of experience um but every year now they've changed the routes so every year it's been something a little bit different um and yeah I guess because of the injuries that I'd I'd had during the year I wasn't sure about my fitness I wasn't sure about where um I was um and I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to pull off this race because it was going to be the furthest and the longest I'd run in a very long time um 
And I think taking that mental pressure off to perform was something that um, was really valuable for me, actually. It, it, it meant that I was racing purely off feel and purely off enjoyment because I didn't expect anything else. I wasn't expecting to have an amazing day. I wasn't expecting a podium. Um, where in previous years, I definitely had a lot more pressure. I put a lot more pressure on myself to perform. Um, but yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, when the gun went off and, you know, the race starts in a super narrow little funnel and you kind of open out um, as you hit the trails. And I remember thinking, you know, oh, this, this pace feels super manageable, um, where in previous years it hadn't. Um, so that start line is, is really intense. I remember looking down at my watch at the time and being like, oh, wow, we're not running slowly, but still thinking, you know, okay, it's fine because I'm feeling okay. And that's kind of, that kind of set the tone for the rest of the race, honestly. Like it always felt like we were moving really well. Um, so I was kind of generally within a pack of girls, at least for the first 25 ish Ks. And it never felt completely out of my comfort zone. You know, you're always kind of teetering on the, the edge of what's, <laughs> what's sustainable, but I never felt like I was pushing too hard. And, uh, at around maybe around 30 Ks, um, it was at the top of the second climb. Um, so the, the OCC has kind of three prominent climbs that are all roughly a thousand meters, um, of elevation gain. And around the second, the top of the second climb, I remember passing the girl who was in front of me. I was sitting in second position and she was, um, she was in first and I, I passed her and a little bit of tactics. I kind of put on, put the gas, um, on and, and put a little bit of a gap between us just to give myself a little bit of comfort and maybe playing a little bit of a mental game. And from that point on, I actually never saw anyone again. I was, I was out in front and. Didn't really know what was going on behind me. Um, I think when you run at the front of a race, you're, when you're running in first, you're always a little bit scared. So you kind of have that extra kick of adrenaline pushing you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I had the race of my life. I've never felt so good for so long in a race. Obviously, you always get tired at some point, but um, it happened a lot later in the race for me this time. And I I was just super focused. I think I hit that last climb and I was so, so laser focused. I don't remember seeing half the people who were like, oh, we were cheering you on the last climb. I was like, really? Were you there? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I don't remember. Um, but at the top of that second climb or the third climb, the last, the, the last climb before we did the final descent into Chamonix, um, I remember seeing my team manager. So I'm part of the Adidas Terex trail running team and our team manager was up there and he, he gave me a pat on the back and he was like, you know, you've got seven minutes. This is yours. Like, just relax. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, I had so much fun on that final descent. It was really just like a celebration of the day and it was just so much fun. So yeah, I think, uh, running into Sham was, was a pure dream come true. I still sometimes look at the videos and, and don't really believe that it <laughs> actually happened to me. And yeah, I, I don't take for granted for one day that that was possible. Um, I think the, the team of support that I had to get me to that point was, was what got me there. Obviously the training as well, but we never stand at the start line um, purely off our own devices. For sure. That sounds like an incredible day. And especially that descent down into Chamonix with all of the crowds, knowing that you have 
enough time to enjoy it as well that must have just been like unreal emotions what are you thinking when you're on that start line oh start line mentality um I guess you're just really focused um there's like a collective energy and nervousness and excitement and you're kind of all feeding off of each other um it's quite daunting because you know what you're about to do and it's it's always quite scary um but I, I I think I think I was just really calm this year. I was excited more so than previous years. There was there was less nervousness and um, anxiety around what I was about to do. There was less pressure. Yeah, I think I was just excited to, to have fun on the day. Um, but yeah, it's always it's always such a fun place to be. Everyone's like you really do feed off of each other, and it's quite quite special to share all of those emotions. And when you're two thirds into your race. And you have to dig in and it's really biting. Where does your mind go to? Mm. Um, often to my family. I feel like the people closest to me always give me strength. It's, it's interesting. Whenever, <laughs> And I don't know why this happened, but my parents or my family, I've, so I've got two sisters um, and my mom and my dad, obviously. And whenever I see a butterfly on the trail, it's like a representation of my family. And I, for whatever reason, I always see butterflies. I kind of always look out for them when I'm running. And they always kind of give me like a little bit of a, your family's here for you. They're pushing, like they're supporting you no matter what. It's okay. And I think, yeah, just having like that, that unconditional support, no matter what's happening in the race, whether it's going really well or whether it's going really badly, um, just knowing that there are people that support you is, is always really comforting for me. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, this race, I was so focused, um, which I think is a really good sign. <laughs> um, because I think when your mind starts to wonder when you're doing something like this, then, you know, maybe it's time to, to refocus on what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really remember what I was thinking mm-hmm. two thirds into this race. I was, I was just like so dead set on what I was doing, like eat one foot in front of the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure and you mentioned that you're part of the adidas terex team as far as i'm aware didn't they effectively want to develop like a trail running specific line of clothing performance kit and you guys have done a lot of testing of different products as well and trying out the different yeah, you know, what's best how different different types of things work can you talk me through that sure so yeah, Adidas Terex are amazing. They really do value the feedback of their athletes. And we, we get together a couple of times a year um, to provide feedback on apparel, on the shorts, on the socks, um, particularly obviously the shoes. And uh, the process of developing shoes is, is a really long one. I think the current pair of shoes that got released um, unofficially but officially this year were the Gravix Speed Ultra. And it's the shoe that I ran for OCC. Um, and a couple of other athletes also raced in. Um, but that shoe's been in development, development now for a couple of years. Um, so it's all of these things, you know, we're planning now for 2025, 2026. Um, but it's really cool to see the process and the development and the evolution of our kit. Um, they really do value our feedback and really do try to implement the things that we want to see in our clothes. Um, because, you know, it seems, it seems so minor but it can really make or break a race. You know, if you've got a shirt that's got a really uncomfortable seam that's rubbing and causing really uncomfortable 
chafe. It's just like another thing that your mind is having to troubleshoot and problem solve while you're out there. I mean, all you should really be focusing on is running. Um, and I think having a brand and a brand that supports that and acknowledges that has been really valuable. And um, for me, you know, it's it's fun to be part of that process to see things develop and your feedback getting actually taken into account. It's, it, it shows that they respect us as more than just athletes. They, they want our feedback. And that, that's always quite cool. Yeah, absolutely. And with the trail running being fairly new as a sport, which is what you said before, and then women's sport notoriously is a few steps behind yeah. men's. How is the women's trail running community developing? And is there much of a community now within the professional scene? Yeah, I think it's it's been really cool to see um, women in trail running really step up. And in recent years, you know, we've been given a lot more opportunity. We're given equal opportunity within Adidas Terex at least. You know, we are really provided so many chances to step up our game and they really want us to. And I think within our team, there's a huge amount of support for our fellow athletes, um, female athletes particularly. You know, we, we all really want to support and learn from each other. And we're all really stoked and uplift each other's performances. But I think women in the sport have really shone in recent years, you know, within trail running, but also running in general. I think we've seen so many records all recently, um, so many women doing things that were previously not necessarily thought possible. Um, and I think that barrier is just getting broken so often at the moment that it really feels like women's sport is progressing massively. Um, and I think that is because brands are finally supporting us in a way that allows us to pursue these things. Um, and to really commit time and effort to them. Um, but yeah, the community in trail running and specifically the women's community is amazing. You know, I feel like I've gained my closest friends in the sport and uh, I, I feel like, yeah, we're all just really excited for each other and, and really want each other to succeed. Um, so yeah, it's it's been cool to be a part of this community. I think it's a really special one. And especially because you are from Cape Town, then you live in France now. I imagine you've lived other places, traveled about the place. You do a lot of traveling throughout the year. So you actually can't really build a massive community where you live or where you are because you're here, there and everywhere. So the community of your teammates is super special because they kind of are like your family, your home in a sense as well, because everything else changes so much. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we travel together, not always the same group, but there's always, you know, one or two other people that generally travel with us. Um, and, and like you say, they really have become my family in so many ways because my family's in Cape Town. I don't get to see them that often. So to have family pretty much all over Europe, um, who I can touch base with pretty easily, you know, catch a train. Um, it's, it's never super far away. Um, it just makes, it makes me feel more comfortable, less homesick, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because I do have this extended family who are really the most generous group of people. And I think that speaks for yeah, a, a lot of people I've met around here, but the generosity and like the, the welcoming spirit of, of the, the family that I've got in Terex has been amazing. And what is one thing that you need to bring everywhere to feel like at home so I live in France now as we were talking about before and I need to have my tea bags I need to have my breakfast tea 
or it's just it's game over so I'm wondering what your non-negotiables are that you need to bring <laughs> um I I uh for me it's coffee honestly it's the one thing that I cannot ever go without and uh I've got to my trusty travel mug which has literally traveled across the world with me many times and probably my AeroPress and a good bag of coffee beans um those are things that pretty much are consistently in my bag. Um, obviously, a good pair of running shoes as well, and then I'm happy. <laughs> and you bring your coffee beans with you. Wow, that, that's commitment that you bring them everywhere, just in case. <laughs> well, we just have really good roasted just down the road. So for me, if I'm not sure that the place I'm going is going to have good coffee, then I'll bring with me. But if I, you know, I'm going to Cape Town, Cape Town's got really great coffee, so I'm happy to leave that behind. But uh, you know, some of these places we travel, coffee's not high on the priority list so <laughs> that's so true isn't it for people who obviously you're a professional runner so people who are starting out in running or who like to run but they don't see the value in warming up before they run what is your stance on warming up I imagine that you are team warm-up and what do you do to warm up and what should people do warming up is something I should be better at if I'm <laughs> particularly honest um but when i when i do warm up it, it often just involves more mobility type drills and things that activate your core and things that activate your glutes so like um if you have a band like one of those it's just a small one you can like wrap that around your ankles you can do things like monster walks or um standard clam standing clams i'm doing funny arm movements now and it's not <laughs> illustrating what it is at all um things like hip airplanes um just general mobility and like you can youtube so many different things that that, that will work um but it's just about mobilizing your body and getting it ready for the training um but I think for me, the biggest thing is actually just starting out really slowly, allowing your body to adjust and getting getting prepared for what you're about to do. So that could mean, you know, taking the first 10 minutes and walk running or even just walking for 10 minutes before you start running. Just allow your body to kind of catch up and wake up before you, you know, start actually training. Um, it just means that, yeah, you're, you're less likely to injure yourself. <laughs> um, so I think I'm more in the team of just starting slow and then working into what you're about to do versus you know out blazing out the gates and having to walk your way back in because you pulled a hammy or whatever yeah very true and what are your long-term goals next big hurdles that you want to achieve and climb long-term goals hmm. yeah it's, it's hard to say honestly I'm I'm a little bit uncertain at this point I think after a race like OCC where it, it felt like it went so perfectly um everything seems quite intimidating right now because it's it's quite scary the prospect of um not having a race is good because it kind of feel it would feel like a little bit of a failure um and also within the trail running world there's this perception that further is better which means that there's this pressure for me to now step up distance and I'm not sure I'm ready for that um I'm not sure I want that either. I, I really enjoy the sub ultra distance. I think it's you you still running really far, but you're still running fast as well and it's still, you know, a proper race. Um and that really excites me. So for me I think I want to stay within the sub ultra category for a couple more years, if not indefinitely. And in terms of races, I mean there's so many incredible races that I'd love to try. Um 
I've never raced in the States, so maybe I can do a race in the, uh, in the U.S. at some point. Um, but there's really so many beautiful places to, to run. And Europe, we're so lucky with accessibility here. I mean, you hop on a train and you can run in completely new mountains within the space of two hours. Um, and that's really exciting. Um, so, yeah, goals are still to be determined for 2024. But I don't think I'm going to be stepping up distance anytime soon. And yeah, I'm really just excited to look and explore new places. That's the beauty of trail running. We get to, to see new places, new natural spaces on feet. And like, what better way to see someone new? Exactly. And is that an expectation within trail running that once you've kind of conquered a certain distance, you go further and you go to the further distance and you go up and up? Is that a common thought of like, that's something you do? Because I would have thought that you would be suited to a certain distance and not necessarily think, right, next time I'm going to do a 100k race and then I'm going to do more and more and more. Well, this is, that is like, yeah for me that that is the mentality but you know trail running i think has been built off of this foundation of further is the best um and that is trail running which is not the case i mean if you think about track athletes you would never expect an 800 meter athlete to all of a sudden run the 10,000 because you know they've won the 800 meter and they don't need to do that again um mm-hmm. but for whatever reason that mentality is within trail running and i think i'm hoping that it changes as the sport grows, you know, allowing athletes to find what they're good at and then to stick at it instead of having to step up um, because that's where the media coverage is and that's where the support is. Um, and, you know, I think it will change because there's so many people coming into the sport and the sport is growing at a ridiculously rapid pace. And I think people will realize that, you know, just because 50K is the shorter event, it doesn't mean it's less interesting or less competitive or less difficult um it's just different and each is hard in their own right and yeah i i i uh, i don't understand that mentality but there's a lot of pressure to to step up to the distance for sure um and i'm trying to resist really hard <laughs> interesting yeah and for athletes now with social media and therefore all of your sponsors have social media and then you might have to do promo videos on YouTube or do all of these extra things, which previously when social media, the internet wasn't a thing, athletes would just go and run and maybe they would have an interview for a newspaper every so often or something like that. How do you think it's changed? Like, has it been super significant for athletes? Obviously you have been an athlete within the digital age, but what's your opinion on that and the toll that it takes? Because surely that counts as like stress out with running. I think, um, yeah, social media, it, it plays a large role, I think, in, in, uh, in athletes' visibility and extending from that, obviously, then like your appeal to potential partners. Um, I don't think it has to be the case. I think, you know, you can stand alone and be of value outside of your media presence. Um, but I think com- coming with that comes a lot of pressure. I think people start to expect things from you on social media. They expect you to be available. Um, unlike other sports, trail running, being such a new sport, you are very accessible to people. Um, people want to know you know, they, they feel like they're part of your lives, which is not a bad thing. And I, I don't, I don't dislike it particularly. I, I think it's really nice for me to connect with people and 
you know, hear stories of how people have been inspired by something. And like, that's really special, but it is also really draining and it can take a lot of time. Um, and, you know, after OCC, I got so much support. It was incredibly overwhelming, um, but it was really special. And I didn't even get to a third of all the messages that I received. But um, just going through the ones that I did, it, it's really it's really special to see how many lives you can touch. Um, so I think this, there's definitely a place for social media. Um, but I also think it needs to be regulated um, and you need to not spend your life on it because it can also be a space for comparison. And especially with training, you know, not everyone's training is the same. My training is different to someone else's. Maybe I don't do as much. Maybe I do a bit more. Um, but it's very easy to compare um, when you're, you're constantly scrolling through social media. And, you know, as everyone always says, it's just a highlight reel of what you do it's not it's not everything so yeah I find that I do have to limit that and um, create some boundaries but I do enjoy it and I do enjoy sharing and I will always share um, if I've got something to say I'm not really one of those people who post religiously it's more when I feel I have something I want to share um, or something that I think is important but uh, yeah I'm not going to be posting daily just for the sake of posting daily um so yeah i think it's just setting up boundaries for yourself and knowing that it's not everything it's not it's not um every single part of someone's life and yeah i don't know it's a, it's a it's an interesting one because i think it is such a new space to be in being an athlete within the digital age um but it allows us to connect with our communities and i think that's really special yeah I I like that answer. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? It allows you to connect, but you do need boundaries. And if someone does want to follow you online or keep up to date with your races, see what you're up to in 2024, where should they go and where is the best place to watch your racing? So the racing would be, depending on the race that I'm doing, a lot of them do do live streams now. Um, I recently raced in in Cape Town at the Ultra Trail Cape Town and they had an amazing live feed um, so you can always check in on the races they'll often be covering it either on their social channels on Instagram or Facebook or they'll have um, a YouTube channel with a live feed going um, and then I think for me personally uh, I'm most active on Instagram so Instagram would be the place to go um, and uh, yeah my Instagram is my my handle is my name so you can just type in my name and you, I should pop up and uh, yeah that that would be the best place I think incredible I'll link that below as well so people can check that out well Tony thank you so much for coming on and talking us through that it's been super interesting to hear all about your amazing race one of many races last year but to to hear how it went and your actual thoughts throughout the race is super interesting to get that insight and also just life as a trail runner I I really enjoyed learning a bit more about it and your day-to-day -day and the highs and lows which we all inevitably have as well I think it's so important to talk about them so thank you for for coming on today thank you so much I really appreciate it I had a lot of fun chatting it's always great to to relive those memories and and also just to reflect I think it's really important so thank you for letting me be part of this journey with you mm -hmm.